Welcome to Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, he is now the about to be in four weeks, the new head coach at Bond University. He is known for coaching uh, Kaylee McEwen to three gold medals, one bronze, the 2020 Tokyo Olympic Games. Today, we have the pleasure of sitting down with Chris Mooney. Hi, Coleman. Thanks for having me. excited to get your take on how this summer went and and your coaching future moving forward uh so let's start with with australian trials we talked to you um a bit before just about your training methods and how you do 17 days on four days off that was an awesome podcast it was great to get you guys's perspective on a a really different training method so heading into trials, how do you feel like things were going with training and particularly with, uh, with Kaylee's training and how she looked in the water? Yeah, so we, um, so our 21-day macro cycle, um, we sort of um, worked back, backwards. So we, we actually reverse periodized to a certain date and then five weeks leading into trials, we just go back to the normal mesocycle of five one week training blocks or training mesocycles. Um, and the main reason we do that is because that then reflects the amount of time that we move from our selection meet to our benchmark event, which is usually world championships or pair packs or you know, this particular event being the Olympics. Um, so yeah, we call that race ready. I think we may have mentioned that last time in the podcast. Um, so we, we, we've got five one weeks of becoming race ready, performance ready. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just probably that, that last phase of um, power type training. So some you know, broken efforts. Um, and we really try and prescribe the sets that, um, that we've done throughout the season, not necessarily test sets, but just training sets. And we really squeeze the, the short rest into it. Um, and we possibly make that very last session of, uh, of workout that we do before we go into taper, the hardest one that we've done all preparation. And uh, yeah, she tested really well and the, and the whole team tested really, really well in, in, that, in that period. And um, it just gives you a lot of confidence, both coach and athlete, um, that we're performing well, we're testing well, and then we drop into taper, which everyone loves, right? So, um, yeah, quietly confident that our skills were on point, quietly com- comfortable and confident that um, you know, we tested well. And we had some great weather in Australia at that, that particular time. It's your summer, our winter. Uh, we train outdoors. We've got an amazing facility, but uh, sometimes it does feel a little bit fresh. But uh, we were blessed with some great weather, this, this uh, preparation. And, uh, yeah, it really did create a, a perfect storm for us, to be honest. That sounds great. I, I have to ask, what, was there a particular test set stood out to you, uh, especially for, especially for Kaylee? I mean, what, what kind of times was she throwing down that, that had you so pleased? Uh, well, we, we do the, the 12100 short rest on 230. Um, that's probably at the, the pinnacle of, and, and the penultimate set that we do. That's probably our last set that we actually do before we go into our taper. Um, but yeah, you know, averaging 58 lows, short course meters for 12100s was, um, it's pretty exciting. We don't do big sets like that. As, you know, as I said, normally we, we sort of progress to the, the hardest set that we can, we can prescribe. And 
and in my book and, and in her book, that's uh, that's one that really challenges us both because it's yeah, it's it's really relying on skill. We've got all the biomech people in there. We're filming, um, so yeah, we, we, we're working really hard on on just yeah putting together um, skillful and, and, and best efforts. So that was probably the standout one for me in the lead up to to our trials. Mm. Um, and then we, we had some some pretty good sets that we did leading into. Uh, we went into a training camp with Dean Boxall's guys from St. Peter's. <laughs> there's, some, there's many stories there, but uh, <laughs> yeah, leading into trials, that was probably the standout set for us. Gotcha. Uh, so so <laughs> at what point uh, in the taper cycle did you as a coach say, okay, she's going to break the world record in the 100 back? I don't think you ever sort of, look at it like that i think we'd, we'd been racing really well the whole team had been racing really well um we, we raced well in december uh, we had some good meets in, in uh late january early february or middle of february um so the progression was sort of maybe hinting that but um just yeah you, you never look at going into to a meet you know expecting a, a world record that's for sure but we certainly were putting a little bit of pressure on that process of maybe yeah, getting that um, all right and then the result being what it is of course but um yeah she was in there was some some pretty good performances leading in into trials that gave us confidence not just with our training but also with our with our racing so it was it was really building it was good to see but uh, at the same time you just can't take anything for granted I, especially in these last 18 months uh right with with the, the COVID-19 pandemic and just facilities being shut down, a- a- access being limited, in, in, you know, all over the world. Uh, but <clears throat> very diplomatic answer and, and I'm sure a very, very honest answer. I, it, I, I was just <laughs> having a bit of fun. Um, obviously, for our listeners, if, if you're not aware, um, Caitlin McEwen started off the Olympic trials in Australia in Adelaide. Uh, with a world record in the hunter back 57.45 on June 13th. Um, and then, you know, she goes on to have a stellar 200 back 203 and uh, stellar 200 IM 208.2. Is that right? Um, Oceania record. Um, I mean, overall, looking back at that trials, do you feel like it went about as well as it could for Kaylee? Yeah, um, I think it definitely got the monkey off our back. It's, a, it's an Australian term. I'm not sure if you guys use it, but um, yeah, the world record came along. So that was probably one less thing that um, you know, I think she just missed out by 0.04 earlier in the, in, the, in the season on that world record as well. So yeah, so there, there might have been that in the back of our minds, I guess. But so to get that, um, that result at trials really gave us the opportunity to then again say, right, one less uh, pressure there, of course, but now it just allows us to, to, to trust our race process. Now it's just, it was just a matter of getting the best Kaylee McEwen to the block on that day. Um, and yeah, we had plenty of confidence and plenty of faith that this is how we race. Our skills have improved to that level. Our swimming speed has been that and our, and our belief and our, and our trust and our processes is where it needs to be. So. Never really any given Sunday speech. It was just a matter of, you know, you know, identifying with with her to say, hey, you've just got to turn up and, and be the, the best Kaylee you possibly can because it's worked for us in the past and we don't need to change anything. Yeah. 
the in america the the u.s olympic trials is like is is my least favorite meet to go to because it's just there's so much pressure you you walk into the building and immediately you feel how heavy everything is and you feel the the tense how tense everyone is you feel the emotion that everyone's putting into their swims can, can you set the stage for me in terms of what Australian Olympic trials feels like? Um, especially given that it's, again, our trials mirrors the Olympic format and your trials is, is more of a prelims finals national sort of meet. Um, yep. And so what, how do you feel like that compares, especially to the games themselves? Yeah. So definitely probably an easier format, I guess, regarding, you know, two swims instead of three swims, but um, our qualifying times are a little bit faster to make the national team. That may change in, your, in the future, I'm not sure. Um, but if you, in, in terms of like tension, and I probably felt this year when I walked on pool deck, I felt an energy like never before. Yes, in the past it's been pressure. Um, but I think the pressure was sort of lifted in a way because we thought we'd lost this opportunity and, and, uh, and it's funny, you don't realise just how much and how important certain things are until you actually lose them and, and to, you know, finally have this opportunity to, to uh, compete for another national team, which therefore was going to lead us into the Olympics that we thought we'd lost. I think the pressure was off, but it was just more about excitement. And once that excitement and all the, the Australian athletes got together, it was this real energy. Your hair on the back of your arms was standing up. Um, the mood was quite bouncy and, and vibrant and um, yeah, we, there'd been some good uh, meets and good swimming from a lot of the Australian swimmers leading into that meet. So we, we weren't overconfident. I think the word was just excited and, um, and you know, the opportunity to perform was uh, just brought this level of, of energy that I've, I've never felt or seen before. And it, and it wasn't just on day one, but it was there till day six and, and every session, whether it was a heat swim or a final swim, um, yeah, the, the energy just was there the whole time. And it was, uh, it was something I've never experienced before. Makes a lot of sense hearing you, hearing you say that and, and knowing, <laughs> knowing how that energy carried into the Tokyo Olympic games and, and how Australia performed there, uh, because I mean, they, they just, you guys put on a show, which was, which was so fun to watch. Uh, so, so you, you get through trials and then it's kind of the scramble to get to training camp, right? What was what yeah. was your experience of getting uh, to Cairns and then ultimately to Tokyo as well? Yes, yeah, so uh, our staging camp was in Cairns. So that's uh, north of Queensland. So that's probably where we get our warmest uh, winter weather. Um, that actually sort of resembles what it's like for, for, for our home training base in the summer. So it's, it's quite comfortable facility is very good um, it's a very safe place and very welcoming place and uh, as i mentioned earlier dean boxel and myself had um pre-organized us to get into camp we so we trials finished on the saturday we had some uh, logistics and some paperwork to do post that meets after the team was selected um, we gave the athletes a few days off to see family and pack bags and and to uh, say goodbye to loved ones and pets and all that sort of thing and uh we jumped straight into it. We were we were there at Wednesday. We were training Wednesday afternoon, and um, yeah, it was it was something that we we knew was really important. We wanted to get some warm weather in. We wanted to get some. You know, Dean had six athletes on that team, um, and it was just a really good opportunity to create a 
a team of seven athletes and um, we did some training sessions together. Uh, like, you know, not only did, was I fortunate enough to, to see how some of Kaylee's training sets were going, but I also witnessed some amazing things from Ariane and um, as well as um, Elijah and, and Mitch and, and the, young, you know, the young girls that were on that four by one. Um, it was some amazing sessions and it was, we'd sit back after training each afternoon and go, wow, we probably just witnessed something that um, we take for granted, but not this particular, like this particular moment, we, we realised just what we saw today was, was quite special and, and uh, quite lucky to be a part of, let alone coach. Um, yeah, so w- w- once we got there, um, Australia's been quite lucky. We've, 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 we've managed well, we've been socially responsible and, and, um, and therefore... We, we, we avoided a lot of the, the big COVID outbreaks, but funnily enough, as, uh, as time was getting closer for us to leave, um, we got a few um, breakouts and our government reacted. And, and with that reaction comes a little bit of panic. And with that panic comes a little bit of, hey, listen, patience here. You know, let's, let's be patient. Let's, uh, let's trust plan A. And, uh, but more importantly, we had, we had faith in uh, you know, Swimming Australia. We had faith in the government. We had faith in the, the AOC that... Um, We'd navigate through this. We just make, had to make sure we we're making the right choices and, and staying socially responsible. And we did that. And um, yeah, just just didn't panic. I guess was probably the key there. And and we were able to get on with our jobs, which was which was awesome. And it's 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 good to hear that perspective of of, of that you guys were able to operate and and move through safely and, and patiently. And uh, it, just hearing you say that gives gives me some serenity of like all right yeah we're we're gonna keep moving we're gonna get through this <laughs> i mean yeah. even now right because uh because it's not over but yeah. it, so that that statement there was you know, like the day before i'm probably jumping forward here so i apologize but it just reminded me of a, a story for you um it was the day before the olympics started we'd sort of been all through those process we, we jumped into a bio bubble before we left tokyo that Everyone knows that was at the Olympics, that process that we had to follow to, to get into the country, into the village. Mm-hmm. Um, it was well organised. We're so appreciative of what the Japanese government did and, and it was just an amazing opportunity. But the day before the meet started, um, Yako texted me and uh, he said, how are you going? And I text back and said, it's a slow burn, which basically meant that we were ready um, couple of days earlier in, in, in warm-up, Kaylee did uh, some amazing things. Um, unofficially, you know, we did a couple of pace-suited 50s and you know, 26.6, 26.7, which is actually under the world record, right? So being a coach, you had three tenths to justify maybe a fast watch or just, uh-huh. you know, excitement. <laughs> and I think I'm just trying to cope with all that and um, just reflection on the whole you know, 19 months, let alone five years to get to this moment. So my re- my reply was, it's a slow burn. Mm-hmm. And Jaco uh, quickly texts back and said, patience is an Olympics uh, value. And uh, I thought about that. And I thought, yeah, you're right. It was just a very simple statement. Patience is an Olympic value. And it was that was his cue to, to say to me, just relax, all the work's done. You know, it's now time to, to sit back and control the controllables and, um, yeah, be patient here, mate, because uh, yeah, your time's not tomorrow. The time's the next day, and, and then it's time to switch on. Be patient now. <laughs> that's, 
That is a great story. Uh, it's sometimes that's the hardest part, right? Just, just you, you're, you're in that taper mode, you're at the meet and it's just like, all right, we're ready to go, <laughs> ready to go. And you just have to sit back yeah. and, until your events up. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's very easy to burn energy. It's very easy to say the wrong things or do the wrong things. And uh, yeah, it's, Sometimes the, the, the best message is, is a simple message, but yeah, it really hit home to me, especially in that particular moment, for sure. Oh, and I would imagine at a meet like a trials or an Olympic Games, um, the, you don't think about burning energy, you know, as, as something that, that happens, especially that emotional energy, right? But, uh, I, and like you said, sometimes a simple message is best, but did do you, do you speak with your athletes about that? Um, you know, at a pressure filled thing like that, where it's just like, okay, coach, I'm ready to go. And it's like, all right, we gotta, we gotta put the brakes on for a minute. Yeah. So I was quite fortunate. I had a, an athlete that, um, that gains a lot of confidence in training sets and, and, and consistent work. And I've mentioned many, many times her compliance around that is the best I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, quite controlled quite comfortable with the moment um, when you're in a, a national team a lot of the times you just have to follow so you know you're not thinking you don't have to worry about um, an email or or a border entry or things like that it was you know team management was very very good at the national level like yet again so we, we were able to negotiate through a lot of those earlier sort of hurdles I guess um, which which was very helpful um, yeah, we knew we'd done the work. We knew the plan was 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 pretty close because you know we tested it in December and January and so forth, and, and was able to make a few little tweaks and and changes. Not not a lot of changes, but just more tweaks. And it was probably about I think maybe two days before the meet start, and uh, we have we probably have our final meeting just to talk about you know just a few things and um, you know give that 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 day before the meet starts, you know, a break from talking about swimming because, you know, that, that nine days is, is full on. Yeah. And uh, I think we both acknowledged with two days to go that we were a little bit nervous, but we identify that nerves are good. You know, nerves mean that you're preparing to do something you're really passionate about. And um, it was, we can identify that. We we're able to be a little bit vulnerable around about that, that answer. Um, but at the same time, we're able to talk that through and say, Hey, listen, this is a good thing. Let's just not burn the energy. Let's, uh, Let's, let's just enjoy this now. We're really, really hard to be here. And um, last thing we want to do is, is get the wobbles because we've, we've overthought it or allowed those nerves to get to us. Let's just use them as a, as a positive. Let's, let's, uh, let's, yeah, let's use that as a, an opportunity for us to reflect and, and uh, understand that we're about to do something that's important to us. And, uh, yeah, we were able to, to sort of manage that, which was um, I think the best way for us was to have that conversation before the meet started. Um, got a good night's sleep and uh and then we, the way we went it's great well I, with that i i have no choice but to jump right in to these games you know her kaylee's first race individual hunter back that 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 was one of the, the best races of the entire games in my opinion we saw you know all three medalists were the world record holder at one point in the last two years. I mean, it was just a, a slugfest. Um, again, from, from the coach's perspective, heading into that final, where, where was your head at? Uh, I sort of sat away from 
the action, you know, I try to sort of get my own little space so I can just watch the race and I don't take any splits or any straight rates. We, I, you know, the um, our support staff, our, our sports science team collects all that data and so it gives me a chance to, to watch the race. So I'm a little bit away from the, from, from the Aussie team just watching it. And um, Kyle, I think Kylie, it's a bit of a blur. Um, she gets up in that in that first seated heat, right, and she uh, blasts out a uh, Olympic record. I'm thinking, wow, that's fast. And then, and then I was sitting next to someone from maybe Argentina or something. I'm not even too sure what nationality or country. And they're going, wow, that's fast. And I, and I said, yeah, but I don't think that record's going to last too long because Regan was up in the next heat. Sure enough, she lowered it. I'm thinking, Kaylee, what are you going to do? I'm thinking to myself, just trust the pro. Anyway, she got up there and she blasted one as well. And 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 I, and I, I sort of saw it coming. Um, but then it was a conversation after that after that race. It's like, okay, I, I get what's going on there, but um, it's probably time for us to now realise that it's about the process. It's about following the, the plan. And um, we probably don't need to swim that fast in the, in the semi-final. We want to make sure we're ready to, to swim fast in the final. And it was just a head nod. And I think it was just, a, you know, the girls just sorting out the order a little bit. And um, it was a stacked event. Like those those times could come from anywhere. That was the scary thing. But to, to see those three girls fire up like that on the, on the very first heat from the, for most of them, well, I think it was all their first swims. Um, I think it was probably just them blowing out the cobwebs and just sort of seeing who was who in the zoo. And um, yeah, but those those swims could come from anywhere. There was there was eight girls, definitely six girls that could have medaled if not won won that race. Absolutely, and, and, and so I mean, it seems like she stuck to that plan, stuck to the process. Semis, she's a little more contained, um, and, and then finals. You know, what did you see from her there, aside from a gold medal effort? I saw the best race. I've seen her race some very good tactical races. I've seen her. Um, you know, try and take races out strong and fast and, and hold on. Um, but so in saying that, I've seen her race some, some great races, but both of those swims in the, in the 100 backstroke, first of all, is possibly the best executed race I've seen her do. Um, you know, I've, I've seen her with a stroke rate of 51 and, and it sort of affects that back end. Um, she nailed that, that, that stroke rate. She ascended it, you know, it was 46 in the 49. Um, her feet speed on the turn were great. Um, you know, we've really worked hard on our underwaters and um, we knew that we we just had to get that that first 35, that first 50 process down pat. And if we can get close enough, you know, it's going to come down to that last 15 metres and 15 to go. Um, it was it was line ball. There was there was three swimmers that were, were neck and neck. And yeah, we just, just had a little bit more urgency, I guess. And um, we just, yeah, we're able to get our hands to the wall because... The conversation we had, it's 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 that exactly that. It's about getting your hands to the wall before the other seven athletes. And um, it was just a good old fashioned race at the end, wasn't it? Like, um, yeah, it was it was nothing more than yeah. You can have a process, I guess. You can you can have the best plan, but I think the winner's definitely going to come from the person that gets their hands to the wall first. And that's that was pretty pretty much how we we sort of you know, focused and, and talked about it. Yeah, I mean that again. That final was uh, was one of my favorite races of the entire meet. It was just like you said; it could have been anyone's game. Um, and then, and then moving on, could did you see a difference 
or, or a shift in her just of how she approached the rest of the meet once she got that first final out of the way once she set that first goal yeah she's um she was very very businesslike she was uh her recovery like she got through that mix zone quicker than i've ever seen her get through before um but yeah this is she's probably she's probably done things in the, at this particular meet that we may have not have done so well two years ago or certainly four years ago so i think the things that she did extremely well was a uh was a was a learnt process it was like there was things that we have done well in the past there's things that we we knew that we needed to get better so that when we did arrive at this particular moment when that expectation and pressure was colliding it was a matter of getting the little things right so getting through the mix zone quicker um getting into to, to recovery quicker to getting nutrition up and going to help with recovery she did those things really really well and um again the best i've ever seen her do so that gave me confidence in knowing that hey she's uh there's not a lot i'm gonna have to do here there's probably just a you know there's probably things that i could say wrong if anything because she just she was just in the zone so it was it was just a, an opportunity for me to manage a few little things and just um really really be there to, to manage and and probably support and uh yeah, it was it was she had it you know she really really owned it and and, and uh, i could see the little things were getting done really really well so therefore i it gave me confidence that um she she was uh she was on and uh that's as a coach i'm guessing that's a great thing to see and 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 a good feeling to have especially at you know the pinnacle of our sport uh so tell me about the decision of the tuner back versus tuned IM, or, or I guess rather just dropping the 200 IM. Um, I know there was a conflict there and it, from a fan's perspective, I, I was disappointed because she was obviously the front runner in that 200 IM. It's like, I want to see her go for it, you know, the three for three individually. Um, but what, did, what, what, what went into that decision and ultimately led you to say, all right, we're going to, we're going to just focus on the backstrokes here. I think the quality of the field, the quality of the field was probably, in all honesty, was just too hot to chance it, you know, like first Olympics. Um, you know, if you look back to our Commonwealth Games, which is a, a fairly big event for the Commonwealth countries, mm -hmm. she finished fifth there, um, progressed, you know, to world championships. She, she, she you know, didn't medal in the, the IMs or the, the 100 backstroke and, and was, yeah, she put a really good race together to finish. So that whole process was 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 building towards this games. But no matter what she'd done leading into this meet, it was still her first Olympics, and um, it was important for us to to make sure that she was swimming fast on day two. And we still had the four by one medley relay, which you know nothing's ever 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 a certain, especially with relays. But if we thought if we got our our racing right. It was an opportunity for us to be in that that four by one women's medley relay on the last day. So day two you need to be ready. Day nine you need to be on still. You know that's seven days of full on racing. We have this utmost respect for the field that was assembled in the in the women's two, the hundred and the two hundred. And when we looked at the scheduling of it, we'd definitely done the work for it. So it wasn't that we're underdone. Um, we were definitely confident that we could pull it off, but it just didn't give us a session to recover. Um, she would, yeah. We sort of figured that you'd probably have to swim a two eleven high, maybe, or a two twelve zero to to get a second swim uh, in the heat, uh, and to to go up 
a 2.11.9 or a 2.12.0 um, in a period of, of an afternoon where your competition was getting the, the afternoon off to recover. It was, that sort of came into the, into the psyche of it. Um, and yeah, in hindsight, um, it was the right decision, but it wasn't a decision that we made lightly because we're like you, you know, we, we do a lot of IM training, we've done the work, three from three would be great, but um, yeah, first Olympics, um, we, we did what we did and we'd probably make the same decision again, but that doesn't make, we'll make the same decision next time. We, yeah, we might go for the three for three next time. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh again as a fan i'm certainly hoping for it but um it, yeah but maybe the, maybe we'll do the drop the 200 am and, and just do the 400 am that might give us that day's break that we're looking for <laughs> that would be awesome i'm i'm in full support again i'd love to see it but like you said it came down to the right decision she she you know she cruises in the 200 back as well gets her second individual gold there and then uh, women's medley relay, she's she's on again in day nine and and does it again, leads off in fifty eight oh one and uh, helps him to an Olympic record, and an oceanic record. Uh, what was it like to see her on relays versus individuals for you? Um, well, we take our relays as you know we've taken a page out of the Americans' book. You know, like we take our relays very very seriously. Um, so I probably get in trouble for, for for saying this, but she really valued that that relay spot highly um, to the point of it probably gave her that extra motivation for the hundred. Um, so she's figuring that if I if I swim well in the hundred, there's a fair chance that a I'll be able to do a heat swim, or b I'll yeah I'll get the the final swim. So she was very motivated for it. Um, the success of all of our relays are, are very important and to actually, you know, it's an individual sport. So to, to share that moment with, um, I think it was five other girls from memory, um, was, was, is important. So, you know, you, you're walking around with, with five Olympic gold medalists, and, um, it's being a part of history there, you know, to, to and to be fast and, and, and to, to share that, that moment with those girls was, was, uh, was special, uh, individuals. Yeah. That's, that's what we do. Um, but we're really embracing this whole uh, this whole relay format and, and the ability to, to be successful in as many relays as we can is a, is a national strategy. Well, I, I know you said it, it's a highly coveted spot and she, she really wanted to be on it. Um, but 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 it, in the same vein, she's the world record holder in the 100 back. Was there any doubt that she wouldn't be on well, it? Well, there was. There's, there's always, you know, especially when you've got Emily Seabom in the race, you know, fourth Olympics, probably swimming as good as I've seen her swim. Um, and that's, you know, that's, that's a credit to her, but yeah, you, you, I don't know. We just, we don't take anything for granted. We, we like to lock it away. Um, we like to make sure that we, we don't celebrate anything until the, all the tools are put away. Um, but yeah, I, I, and I think in a way that, that keeps us both honest, that, that sort of allows us to, to stay focused and to make sure that we're ticking all the boxes and we don't get too complacent because complacency hasn't got any spot in our sport whatsoever. The, the day you become complacent is the day you start coming back to the field. And um, yeah, so I don't think we'll ever, ever allow ourselves to become complacent or, or I think we have a lot of respect for our, for my colleagues and she certainly has a lot of respect for the, for the colleagues that she races against. I think that's where it comes from. 
that yeah that's that, that uh, it certainly makes sense to me i uh so i have to ask we we glazed over it a little bit can you give me a highlight from from the dean boxel chris mooney training camp wow how long we got how much longer we got left <laughs> oh oh for this one i've got i've got all day um i just love the guy's energy it's infectious it's legit it's not a put on it's who he is and um uh, every what's what's a highlight give me hmm. probably probably the highlight for me was the dynamics that we created and it was the it was the, the environment that we created and the fact that the athletes were able to then taken uh, another level to that was was really impressive um you know we had some great leadership there with mitch larkham um we had molly o'callaghan who was just sublime and um we just had moments like i said earlier that we would sit back or actually every night we ran home that was part of our routine that we, we'd run home and we'd have a chat while we're running and, and, and debriefed and uh there was moments there where we just were flabbergasted by what we saw and, and, and what we were a part of. And it was, there was moments where we'd pinch ourselves and say, Hey, uh, all right, that's good. We can celebrate that. And we, we, but we're coaching this, you know, we were actually driving this. So we've got to get back on, stop being a swim fan and actually get back to your job to be the coach. And you now we're going to find ways to, uh, to keep moving this thing forward. But I think the athletes kept moving it forward with us. So they weren't relying on us to, to continually drive this. Um, they, they really took some good ownership. A funny story. Um, oh, there's plenty. There's probably more in, in the village, but um, I think the fact that we could just get together and, and have a nice meal at night time and, and uh, talk some, some stories and, and have a few laughs. And um, there was moments there where we didn't say a lot either. There was moments where we just like find each, each, find ourselves just saying nothing. And then, take a moment where we'd look at each other and, and he just turned around and said, boy, we're nearly on here. Are you ready for this? And, and it'd be a simple, yeah. Are you ready? And he goes, yeah. And, but there was just these moments where we didn't really have to say a lot. We just knew what was coming and um, we, were, we were so thankful and, and, and ready. You'd have to ask Dean the funny stories. He's the funny guy. I'm, I'm not so funny. He's, he's hilarious. I cannot wait to ask to, for, for my first well, conversation. I was his roommate for six weeks. He will stay up till about one o'clock in the morning. And then it's like, mate, I need some sleep. And he goes, yeah, but just one more. Then like, just one more debrief or one more conversation. And he, and he loves, he loves trolling through media stories or um, he follows the US swimming team on Instagram too. <laughs> so he was always, he was always keeping me up to date what they were doing. So he's obviously probably going to shoot me for that. But um, he'd finally go to sleep at about 1 a.m. And he, and he sleeps like this. <laughs> and then the alarm goes off in the morning and he's up and it's, it's the new Dean. It's like, mate, we've had like five hours sleep. How can you be so energized already? And it's just how he is. But every day from about 11.30 to 1.30, he'll have a sleep. Mm. And that's where he recharges the batteries and he goes again. So he, he's, yeah, but... That's for the whole six weeks, I he never had to make his bed because he just gets in the bed, 
He gets in this position and he falls asleep like this and he wakes up like this. He gets out of his bed and he just pulls it across. He doesn't make any mess of his bed whatsoever. I've never seen it before in my life. Not for six weeks anyway. Not for six weeks. Maybe that's maybe that's the perfect, like, that. that is the ideal sleeping position. That's why they buried Pharaoh. He's like, like swaddling. He's yeah. swaddling. <laughs> and so maybe he, maybe like that's, that gets you such efficient rest that yeah. he only needs five hours. <laughs> yeah, five hours, and then it's his day nap. He's like, we haven't sleep. It's like, oh, I've got a meeting. Or he goes, okay, well, don't forget, I'm sleeping. Yeah, so he needs his day nap as well. It's very I see. So I'm very respectful and mindful that he needs it. He definitely needs it. <laughs> he definitely needs it. Yeah. I, dude, I can imagine. I've, I've heard such, I mean, obviously, aside from, you know, his Olympic moment, I've, I've heard stories about him. I can't wait to talk to him the day I get to. Uh, I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to get him on here at some point. Yeah. He's hard uh, one to track down. He he doesn't do a lot, but um, he's uh, very inspirational, very energetic and very passionate and funny. (laughs) I believe it. Uh, so, so, so we've got about five minutes left, Chris, let's talk about you. You, you come off the Olympics and then you accept this position at Bond University um, tell me what was enticing about it for you and, and what made it the right fit? Uh, well, we, we'd sort of built the program at University of Sunshine Coast, USC Spartans. And um, it, just, it just felt the right time. Like, it did. like we talked about complacency earlier on. And um, yeah, I think sometimes when you, you, you drive out of your driveway and, and you know that, okay, well, I've left it this time. So that means I can stop at that coffee shop it may take a little bit longer to make the coffee, but it's a better coffee, so I'm going to do that. Like I started, I could start predicting my my, my routine and my day. And um, Hacky, I, I was fortunate enough to, to be an assistant coach with Dennis Cottrell in the, in the mid-90s, late-90s, in the 2001. And um, it was Grant's famous saying, he said, mate, it takes two types of hunger. It takes one to get there and a complete different one to stay there. And, mm. uh, you know, because, you know, once when you... While you're chasing someone, you've got that drive, you've got that hunger. When you're being the chased, then complacency has no place, right? So um, I think it's probably more of the challenge. Um, we achieved everything we, we, we promised to achieve. Um, and it's, it's an amazing program down here. It's, it's, an, it's one of the, it's got a great academic standing Bond University. Uh, it's got a, a great underpinning program. It's got a great facility. It's got great staff. And um, I just thought that it was a, it was time for me to take that next step in, in, in my my journey. Um, you know, some athletes say, oh, coach, but it's three years. And, and other conversations you have, oh, but it's only three years. It's three years, but I don't look at it as three years. I look at it as a journey. And there's no pressure on it only being three years or there's no pressure on it being it's three years. The pressure is what you create each day on the on the little things, on the four percenters, on the one percenters, or that daily training environment to make sure we get that right. And um, I think I was looking to that that new challenge of of creating influence with staff and, and other athletes, uh, and and being a part of a of a new exciting journey. So, will you inherit any Australian national teamers as coming in as the head coach and? Will any of your swimmers from Sunshine Coast follow you down to Bond? Uh, we've had conversations, um, but as I mentioned earlier, 
this this program has a, a huge, talented, uh, underpinning program. So we, you know, a junior program, um, they're stack full of national age group champions. It's um, you know it, it's 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 really bright. So um, yeah, we've had conversations with um, national team athletes and and um, the USC Spartan athletes. Um, but yeah, we're still sort of on a, on a break at the moment. Um, so the conversations have been had. There's time to, to process, and decisions will be made over the next couple of weeks, I guess, of uh, of uh, what's happening moving forward. But um, yeah, the time time to relax and the time to to sort of you know be a little bit of a civilian for a moment is probably the key focus. And and in the next couple of weeks, those conversations will will, will sort of be more direct on hey, what are we doing? But um, yeah, at the moment, it's downtime for, for all athletes and coaches over in Australia, that's for sure. I have a feeling you're not very good at being a civilian. <laughs> well, I'm at work today, so I don't start till the 11th of October. But I got up early, went for a surf. I, yeah, day started, the day started nice and early for me. So, um, yeah. Uh, the life, yeah, seriously, the life of an Australian. I'm... <laughs> What am, what am I doing with my life? That that sounds like the way to You're do doing it. Right. You're doing all right. You're doing all right. You're doing good. Uh, so so as as a as a reflecting coach, you know, you're you're coming off, I'm guessing, a pretty massive high of seeing your swimmer have a have a three gold, four medal, you know, performance on the highest stage. Um, I'm guessing you felt pretty good about it, not complacent, obviously. But uh, and then you've got this new challenge. So where are you at today? You know, what, where, what are the inner workings of your mind um, thinking about right now? Yeah, so definitely mindful of um, recharging the batteries. Hmm. Um, but at the same time, if, if, if you know, I'm starting on October 11th, it doesn't start. You know, so the planning's occurring now. So, you know, the, the communication and the relationship that I, I need to have with faculty being at a university is, is key to me. Um, so we're starting those processes, we're starting those conversations. Um, and then, you know, one of the, the major reasons we were so successful at, at USC is because we had great facilitators. We surrounded ourselves by the best physiotherapists, the best biomechanists, um, you know, the, the best nutritionists, the best strength and conditioning coaches. And I mean the best, like we, we vetted these people like you wouldn't believe. We made sure they had skin in the game. We made sure that the contact time with the athletes was was as much as the contact time that we had with the, with, with the with the coaches, um, and that that's not easy. That's easy. So that's the process. That's important. That's a process that does take time, and, and that's probably where I'm at at the moment is to start those conversations and, and try to build those relationships. Hmm. Uh, fair enough. Yeah, I gotta ask: is uh, is is Mark staying at USC? Is yeah, he's, yeah, uh... he's definitely staying at USC. He's in charge of uh, high performance like sport at USC. So, um, but he's, he's got some successful businesses as well. Like he's got a, he's, um, he's not only a strength and conditioning coach, he's a, he's a very successful business owner as well. So, um, yeah, but that doesn't mean he's, he's phone. Like I've still got him on speed dial. It's right up the very <laughs> top. I'll, uh, I'll be blowing his phone up from time to time with questions and, and conversations because, uh, yeah, his, uh, his input over the years has been, has been pinnacle to, to our success. He's been my go-to man. For, for many years now so we'll, we'll be a void but um he's not going to be able to shake me just like that i'll, I'll still be annoying with uh with phone calls that's good to hear yeah 
Well, Chris, I, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your out of your down day to sit down and chat with me for a little bit. It's always great hearing from you. Thank you, Colin. Thank you. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.